Welcome to Manifesting with Meg, Conversations with Extraordinary People. This is a podcast that is inspirational based upon my book, The Magical Guide to Bliss, that takes the listeners through the year with empowering conversations. Starting from January and Carpe Diem sees the day to December, awe-inspiring magic and miracles. Time to sit back and relax as these extraordinary people, my guests, share their wisdom so that you too can elevate your life. It's time to discover more bliss, get intentional, and start to transform your dreams into reality. It's time to come alive because the world needs more people who wake up and come alive to the possibilities for their own life. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 114 of Manifesting with Meg, Conversations with Extraordinary People. This is kind of a unique month to month since June is the month we're in, Embrace Your Joy, and our show kind of rolls over into July because that is the fabulous pub date of my special guest, incredibly wonderful friend. I can't tell you how honored I am to have you on the show today. Leslie Rasmussen. Welcome again, Leslie. I feel like this is going to be just more and more magical. We have Suzanne here, Michelle Ann's here, and away we go. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You know you are just top, top, top of my list. And it's just so funny because you were the first one to interview me for my first book. And now you're the first one to interview me for my second book. Yes, and we have Liani here too. So we are ready to go. I will tell you that this woman is an exceptional author. She is, like she said, the award-winning author of After Happily Ever After. And she is soon to be the next award-winning author (laughs) of the stories we cannot tell. I will tell you this. I've read both and I love both and I'm a big fan. And away we go to share as we go Once again, on our year of Empowered Through Purpose, Transformation Dreams, Inspiration, True Happiness, and in fact, Discovering Bliss. We're always a conversation away from extraordinary, and I can tell you this, Leslie is that. And before we start, everybody get intentional. We all love getting intentional. You know, setting our intentions is what brings into focus those things that we most want in life. So do that. And at the end of the show, it corresponds to my magical guide to bliss. I have to tell you, this guide has welcomed many, many wonderful people into my life. And I love to include Leslie a part of that as one of my favorites. She's in my fab five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so without further ado, I have Leslie. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She was born and raised in Los Angeles, for those who don't know. She graduated from UCLA. She went on to write television comedies for Gerald McRaney, Burt Reynolds, Roseanne Barr, Norm MacDonald, and Drew Carey, as well as The Wild Thornberries and Sweet Valley High. She's written over 20 essays and counting for Huffington Post and has spoken on many uh, many panels empowering women in midlife. You know that I'm a big enthusiast of people who do that, inspire others to their greatest capability anytime in their life, especially midlife where we find ourselves coming of age, I imagine is what we would like to call it, right? She is a member of the Writers Guild of America, as well as Women in Film and the Women's Fiction Writers Association. Like I said before, after happily after has won over 15 awards, not to mention honorable mention, the prestigious Eric Hoffer Awards. Her newest novel, The Stories We Cannot Tell, was just released, or will be, in fact, released by Touchpoint Press on July 11th, that magical day. And in her free time, Leslie lives in Southern California and is married and has two amazing sons who are following with that creative spark. So... It is so great to have you here today, Leslie. I, I, if I missed anything, please do tell. But my God. You didn't. <laughs> I think that's my whole life. No, just... You know what? I don't think it necessarily encompasses all of you because I know that there's so much more. And that's what the beauty of the show is, is that we get to tap into the extraordinary. That is, in fact, you. Um, but I love the theme today with regard to embracing the joy. Remember what is important to you. Because I think even at this particular point in your life, having had published a novel, all of the writing experience you've had in in television and now you find yourself here with your next one and as you like are on the brink of to see what happens next you know I like the idea of let's remember what's important to us as we march along this beautiful journey I love that because first of all I think I think what I've discovered over the last few years especially with our fab five and all the authors that I've met 
is the thing that's the most important to me is friendship. Oh, I, I mean, I love writing, but what's come from that writing and all of you guys and the camaraderie and the community has been amazing. And I think, honestly, when I think about when you said what the theme was, mm -hmm. I thought what's so important to me is friendship. And I look at you and I think, like, when did we meet? You oh know, God. we met because of She Writes. Uh, that's correct. And we got to know each other through Zoom, but we're so close. So yeah. it's like amazing that that's happened. You know, I'm, I'm a big synchronicity girl and I like to see where I am in the world and who shows up on my path and certainly stand in gratitude for those beautiful faces, those wonderful stories. And also the journey, because the journey's brought me to extraordinary people that has made my life even more intense and amazing. And I love that we're quote today, which is Stephen Covey, who's like the best. And actually Suzanne saying, I'd be a mess without you guys. It's true. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, do believe, I do believe it's the people you walk with in life that make this life the hardest times easier and the best times even more yeah. exciting. Um, but Stephen Covey here says today, things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things that matter least. And I think that's incredibly profound because sometimes we get in the way of those things that are just annoying and they aren't really where our attention should go. It's the place that we, they, I, I love this. They say people point in the direction that they want to go. So make sure you point yourself in the right direction to those things that matter most in life. Well, we forget sometimes, you know, it's like yeah. they say, oh, you're supposed to wake up and be grateful and all that, but you get so busy that you don't stop to think what are the good things you might look and say, oh, I got a bad review, but who cares? In the long run, does it really matter? Because yeah. you have all these other things going on and all these other people in your life. And sometimes it's hard to concentrate on that. <laughs> Well, and especially, but that's why you have your support groups around you that you can vent to so they can yeah. remind you to take the 17 seconds and breathe, perhaps. <laughs> 17 seconds, Suzanne. <laughs> 17 seconds, Suzanne. Or, you know, like just somewhere that you can like kind of like launch yourself from because sometimes, you know, I always say all those who wander aren't lost. However, you know, when we are trying to make choices as to what direction we, we go in, and what matters most to ourselves and our lives, you know, it's those people that we love the most that, you know, can be sounding boards and just be there to listen when it gets really tough so that yeah. you can get to a point where you're clear with yourself and do not get caught up in unnecessary drama, which mm -hmm. as writers, we love the unnecessary drama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. While remembering what's important. And uh, yes, 17 seconds rule. So what is this? What does this mean to you, uh, Leslie? Well, which thing? <laughs> I mean, all of it, all of it, the whole oh. thing with like on your journey, you know, how has focusing on what's, what matters the most to you kind of saved you so that you keep going and writing the next book? You've written two now. I mean, it keeps yeah. going and doing what you well, really want to do. For me, what matters most is that my readers find that they're not alone. So in the first book, it was, you know, midlife, empty nest, all these things. And in the second book, it's themed about friendship and pregnancy and infertility and all these things that happen that women don't always talk about. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they wait for the, somebody else to bring it up, especially things like, you know, pregnancy issues or infertility. Women find that to be shameful and it shouldn't be. But we think, oh, well, we're born with this body and we're supposed to procreate and we're supposed to have children whenever we want. And it doesn't always work that way. And so my the most important thing for me is that women will read this book, either book, but this one I'm talking about now, and find that they're okay, that they're not alone, that there's other people that have lived through this, and that there's a, you know, a way to get through it. Absolutely. And I, I want to go back to your point with regard to um, what sounds like the shame component or the embarrassment component. And when you hold your stuff to your chest because you think other people are gonna think poorly of you or less than of you, if you share your story or any story that'll, that'll you know, basically alleviate that from a whole world of people where they are like, thank you for sharing with after happily ever after and writing these these novels based upon these fictitious characters that we come to, we come to love and admire because they keep walking through their life as wholly integrous as possible. Now I want to go on and, and read 
the synopsis of your second novel if you give me that that yes. chance so people that are just waiting to buy it and want to buy it have a little bit of an idea as to what it's all about so rachel's a 30 year old married jewish woman who's wanted a baby for a long time katie's a 32 year old single catholic woman who has been trying to find a man who'll stick around we follow the woman individually as they find themselves pregnant rachel happily katie not as they enter their second trimester, they're shocked to hear that there's something very wrong with the babies they're carrying. The women meet in a support group and help each other through not only the excruciating decision they need to make, but through the issues that come with making that decision. They form a tight bond and uncover surprising connections. The stories we cannot tell explores pregnancy, love, hope, and family. I just want to read a little bit of the press that's come out, that, the great press, by the way. The Stories We Cannot Tell is a timely and important novel that shines a light on the stories often left untold. That's a Readsy Reviews. Readers' favorite five stars. I had a hard time putting the stories we cannot tell down. To be honest, I loved and highly recommend it. And then, of course, Kirkus. With compassion and warmth, the author sheds light on the physical and emotional roller coaster, which a pregnancy, whether it's planned or not, upends one's life. Wow, Leslie. Okay, so... Where to begin on this beautiful mission of yours that you're empowered through purpose this year is a very interesting year that this book would come out again because, yeah. you know, it's it falls after the Dobbs decision and the year of anniversary was last week. You know, the whole idea behind shifting the perspective from women who are taking a ownership of their health and their medical stabilities and their path in life. So tell me a little bit about your mission with regards to the kinds of books that you write after happily ever after, you know, about a woman who is, you know, having that questioning as to what's my next step, children leaving, husband and staying, <laughs> you know, what's going on with regard to that. And also this next book that, you know, you know, comes head on with these really big issues about, you know, certain, certain decisions we have to make in life. I write books about women's issues. And the first book was about a midlife woman going through all these things, empty nest, aging parents, all, you know, her marriage taking a downward turn at the time that the book starts. The second book is actually about two women who are, it's, it's really based in friendship, mm -hmm. but it's about two thirty, one's 30, to 34, those ages. And these women are going through something so painful. And they, but they do it in a way where once they meet, they do it through laughter and tears. Mm. They pick each other up and they're there for each other. And one is married, like you said, and one is not. And there's a love story in it. And there's a lot of joy in it also, a lot of hope. And the books that I write are just, they're called women's fiction. My first book was read by men, but I think the overall is going to be women. And the reviews have mostly been from women. I can tell when people read it. And there's been a number of women that have written me about this new book that have said, you know, I went through this or my friends went through this. And I know a ton of people that went through this. And it's, Something that, like I said, we don't talk about. And pregnancy, as far as, I mean, I started writing this book before Dodd and before oh. Roe was overturned. And the book was actually finished just as Dodd was overturned. And I was getting a publisher. And the publisher was like so excited that they wanted to push it to come out as, you know, you, with publishing, it, nothing happens fast. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted it to come out quicker because of the whole thing that was going on in the country. And I couldn't believe that I had written this and then all this happened. It just, timing wise, I didn't predict it. Of course, why would I ever think Roe was gonna be overturned? Yeah. Which threw my world just because I was so upset by it. And the fact that our government could take away our ability to say what we're gonna do with our bodies when, I mean, especially for men, I mean, men don't go through this the same way. Men don't you know, men aren't hit up to, hey, are you going to have a baby? Hey, are you going to get pregnant? You know, right after you, you know, get married. And some people don't want to have kids. And that's great. They shouldn't. But the people that want to, maybe they're trying and maybe nothing's happening. Yeah. And men don't get those questions. Mm -hmm. So women become almost like embarrassed by it. And that's the thing I really wanted to hit really hard was, 
you know, just to get women talking about these things. I mean, I wrote an article for Huffington Post about menopause. And that's another thing. <sighs> start talking about it, you know, and then they're like, oh, my God, you know, I, I go to this workout class and we just talk about issues and somebody brought up menopause and then we all were talking about menopause. And I just noticed, you know, when I wrote the article that the comments I was getting, the uh, the emails I was getting was all about the fact that thank you for writing this. Thank you for saying something about this, yeah. not from a medical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, which is what I like to do. I like to write from emotions. Well, yeah. And Suzanne's pointing out you have a natural talent with writing hard topics and incorporating humor, which, you know, I think that must come from your television days. Certainly your 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 sense of humor just comes ringing out in your in your books for sure. And and especially when you're dealing with really hard topics that, you know, are otherwise like taboo, but yet laughter and humor actually puts a lighter side on something. So I think it engages the conversation. What's your, your sense with regard to that? I feel like no matter what the situation is, you can find humor. I mean, not maybe while you're going through it at that very moment. I mean, when my father passed away, we were all just devastated. And then I got together with my sisters and we started talking about all the crazy things my dad did. And we were laughing so hard and it was so helpful for us to kind of go through that because it was like, okay, we're remembering him and we're sad, but we're so like remembering the joy in it too, because whatever the saddest part is, there's also joy. And with these two women, their friendship, yes, I take from my, my sitcom days, of course, um, but I need to do witty dialogue when they're not going through that. So they can realize, you know, so the reader can realize it's not just a downer book because there's some tough scenes and I know people have written me already and said, Oh, you know, that brought me to tears. But by the end, you know, when you get through some of those tough scenes, it's like, I need the joy there too. Oh, I absolutely love that point. And it's true because life is not all dark and it's not all light. There's those moments, those ebbs and flows, and you certainly do a great job bringing that out in your writing, which is really quite talented talents because the, it, it really is. It's very interesting as far as um, how how you you do bring to the story that vulnerability as well as the lightheartedness. So let me ask you. What inspired you to write these kinds of books? Perhaps let's start with stories that we cannot, the stories we cannot tell, because I think it's, it's really the focus today of our interview. Well, like I said, not only, I, I went through something, not exactly the same thing that my characters went through, but I went through something with pregnancy and infertility and miscarriage that I, at the time when I went through it, I mean, I went through it 27 years ago. So it was not the internet wasn't really, you know, a big thing. There wasn't a community to reach out to. Um, and I met this woman on, I can't remember how, but there was a, there was an organization called Resolve at the time. I have no idea if it still exists. And it was, you know, um, through emails we met and there was this one woman who'd gone through the same kinds of things that I'd gone through and we wrote back and forth and we went through when I got pregnant and I had my older son um, we went through everything together and I actually kept all my emails. I did not keep the ones from her, but I kept everything from me. So I went back and read them all. I have them all in a notebook yeah. up until the day my son was born. And so I kind of knew all my fears. I knew everything that I was going through with him and all the anxiety and, you know, is everything going to be okay and all of that. And that really helped me to have this woman to write to. And I'm sure I helped her too. So that was really great. And now there's more organizations and more places that you can go to talk about things. But I wrote the book because like I said before, I have a ton of friends that went through it. I also, um, years ago when I was um, trying to get pregnant, I was working at, first I was working in the clinic at a Planned Parenthood as I was volunteering. And then I moved to the corporate offices um, in Planned Parenthood and was doing stuff there. And I met a woman who was going through similar things that I was going through. So it was 
really helpful to actually be working at Planned Parenthood and to see, you know, other people going through things. Um, and I love the organization. Yeah. And so that is really why I wrote the book was just to put it out there and say, you know, now there's a lot of women coming out. I mean, Julia Louis-Dreyfus just came out about what she went through. Um, Chrissy Teigen. There's a huge amount of women that are not just pro-choice and talking about it, but they're talking about issues they went through and they never came out before. And all of a sudden, like you said, it's a year, you know, from Roe and, you know, all these people now feel more comfortable to come out and talk about it. So I think that's fantastic. And I love what you're saying. And I do think that anything that is around shame and embarrassment is not going to help. But anyone who comes forth with stories that will alleviate that are really a part of the healing fabric of society. They're the ones who are saying, it's okay, please share, come out and be with like having the conversations. It's really important. And I think that's really interesting, you know, throughout your career, you starting off in the TV world, you know, with sitcoms, you know, and, and that modality, moving on to, you know, novel writing today, you know, with, with these two great books and, and these, what do you find that your, your audience has moved with you or that it's just a completely different world? Have they merged? Have your worlds merged at this point? I think to some extent, maybe they have, um, I, I always wrote, well, I shouldn't say always because I did a few shows that weren't, but I did a lot of shows that were like family shows okay. that dealt with issues like Roseanne, you know, at the time it dealt with a lot of issues. Um, I mean, I wrote the episode where Darlene loses her virginity. Oh, wow. David, <laughs> which was really fun. But, um, you know, the show dealt with issues, different shows I worked on dealt with family issues, things like that. And so I kind of stayed in that realm when I started writing and wrote personal essays and about my family and things I was going through and other things that my family was going through. So I kind of did stay, I think, in that realm. I've just yeah. always been somebody who enjoys talking about issues that we're all going through. Yeah. I've always been that person in high school or elementary school or whatever that people came to and we all talk, you know, they came to me and we talk about things. So I think I sort of kind of continued in that. I mean, I thought for a, at some point years and years ago, I thought I was going to be a therapist and then I just didn't go into it. So well, it's, it's kind of interesting because you did take your therapy, but just put it in a different modality. And then, exactly. and, and, and see, I think that, you know, the thing that calls to us that seeking us, we, is, you know, the thing that we are seeking is seeking us. So clearly with these, these books, you can certainly address certain issues that that would be not for those who may not want to go to therapy or may need it, but may need an introduction to it. Maybe right. these are the things, the conversations. So I'd like to submit to everyone out there that these would be great book club books. And Leslie loves doing book clubs. I love doing book clubs. In person. So and I the stories we cannot tell is a great book club book, just because there's so many issues and people can, you know, until you live that, you don't know what you would do, but people all say, oh, I know exactly what I would do. I mean, I heard that a million times, yeah. but you don't. And it would bring the conversation to another level. I think it would air it out there. So many different perspectives can meet each yeah. other. And I think that when we see it through the eyes of someone else, then we change, we can change our compassion or our empathy for another person. So of course my show always revolves around inspiration. And I always like getting the inspiration for, from my authors of certain quotes that really kind of bring it to the, to the, the center. And of course we're starting out today. Act as if what you do makes a difference. It does. William James, tell me what you think of oh, great quote, by the way, but tell me what you think about this. I love this quote because you don't always know, especially even in somebody else's life or, you know, like I said, you know, you write a book and then somebody emails you or contacts you and says, oh, my God, thank you. Yeah. So you don't think about it when you're writing it and you don't think about it necessarily. Even when it comes out, you don't think you're making a difference, but you really are making a difference to certain people who, you know, look at your stuff and go, oh, my God, thank you. So let me ask you this. What favorite highlights have you had where that has come to light for you or someone has come up to you and said, oh, my God, Leslie, you've made a difference in my life. Actual 
evidence that you know that this is something that you're doing. I had, I'm not going to say who it was, but I had one person blurb it and contact me and say, this happened to me exactly 27 years ago also. Wow. So that blew me away. Yeah. Um, I have had reviewers that, um, you know, there's some early reviewers coming in and a few people said to me, oh my gosh, this happened to my best friend and this just devastated her and I didn't really know how to, you know, help her and thank you for writing this. So I've gotten a lot of that. And the other book, tons of people contacted me and just said, oh my God, I'm Maggie. I'm in the middle of my life. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't figure it out. You know, so Maggie going on Maggie's journey with her was very helpful. That's amazing. And and obviously you writing the book has made a difference in my life because I got to meet you. So it clearly, yeah, exactly. clearly uh, for me, and it has made a big difference in my life because yeah. when I wrote TV, I, I met a lot of people, but then I stopped. And so when I sat down to write the first book, I was alone. I mean, you know, there was nobody. I mean, I had a you know class that I went to once a month, but I was alone. And then all of a sudden, you know, the book's going to, you know, come out on She Writes and I meet you and I meet Suzanne. I meet like a hundred other writers and it was, it's just been wonderful. Yeah. I, I would say to a certain extent, life-changing because of the, the whole COVID situation. And now yeah. that we're out of COVID, we've actually gotten to meet each other in person yes. and continue the creative fun, let's say. And your next quote, experience is not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. Aldous, Aldous Huxley. I love this quote. You know, it's all about how you react. And you, go ahead and share with that what you think about it. But I, I well, absolutely love exactly this what you were going to say. It's like something really bad can happen to you and you can either wallow in it or never get through it. Yeah. Um, it's what you do with it. It's how you learn from it, how you come out of it, how you decide, OK, what am I going to do with this experience? And granted, everything that happened to me happened 27 years ago. Yeah. And this book is just, you know, I just wrote it, you know, a couple of years ago or a year ago, whatever I finished it. So that took a long time to get through everything and go, okay, now I'm going to write this book. Yeah. So it does, it is what you do with it. You know, it's interesting this last week and I did a panel and someone came up to me afterwards and they asked me, it was a panel called how to take care of your brain. And she asked me, how do I forgive myself? And, you know, it's interesting because even in the connotation of, of your books and, and what, what was going on with, I'm not going to give it away, but the, the, the challenges that are in there. Like, I think this quote speaks to that to me because, you know, things happen and we can't go back in the past. We have to move forward. Like I've been like sempre avanti, always moving forward. The reality is, is like, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to hold the weight of the, I guess, unstated penance? Or are you going to be able to say, this has happened to me and this is what I can do with what happened to me. And now, now that you are putting it out there in written form, how do you feel um, now that you can change perhaps, you know, or actually, let me ask you this. Look back at the person who you were 27 years ago and be the advocate for that person who might be similarly situated out there in the world walking. How do you see yourself as being a advocate now? I think of myself now that, you know, I'm through everything. And I mean, of course, it took a lot of therapy and everything else to go through all these issues. But I think I'm an advocate, not only to other people, but even to myself, because I'm saying to myself, you know what, you're through this, you know, there's, like I said, there's all these actresses coming out and talking about things that they're through. So I, I feel good. I mean, I just feel good that I was able to write it and put it out there and have people read it and have people understand, you know, what women go through a lot of women. A lot of, and, and you are definitely the perfect person to write this book because of who you are, how you speak to the world and how just compassionate you are and how much, you know, that loving empathy you have as well. So I really like book clubs out there. You aren't going to want to miss her. She is definitely um, going to be such a wonderful, even conversationalist 
engaging the conversation. So I definitely encourage that. Once again, two plugs, two plugs. <laughs> and then of course we have my Olivia, you know, Olivia, I love Olivia. Once you face your fear, nothing is ever as hard as you think. Okay, take it away. So, I mean, like I was saying before about pregnancy, I mean, I know people that are terrified to get pregnant, young people. And they talk about it and they say, you know what, I don't know if I'm ever going to have kids because I'm so scared of the world and everything else. And once they do it, it's like, I remember when my son was born, I didn't know anything about babies. I had no idea how to, um, to raise a kid or even like to diaper a kid. I mean, yeah. my sister had kids, but I never diapered them. It was the first time I ever did that was with my own kids. And I was terrified. Oh, yeah. But it's like one day at a time. You do it and then you go, okay, I've done that. Or your kid's screaming all night long. You have no idea why. <laughs> you get through it, you know, and the fear before you do it is way worse than when you do it. Because, yes. I mean, first of all, adrenaline takes over. But second of all, you just need to keep on moving and do everything, even if it's baby steps, do everything slowly. And I feel for these young people because they're afraid to bring new kids into the world for lots of reasons because of the world and yeah. everything going on in it. But they're also a lot. Of, I've talked to a lot of young women who are terrified to get pregnant and to have the baby, to go through pregnancy and go through childbirth, which I thought was wonderful. But, you know, it's like, I'm sure there's horror stories, um, but it's it's that fear. And it's so never I hard <laughs> as you think. A follow-up to that question. Now you're birthing your second book. The first one's out there. You see it differently with the presentation or the birth of your first book after Happily Ever After and all that came up to it. And then now you're about to put out the stories we cannot tell. How has that been um, as far as the fear component and the experience, the journey, maybe the learning curve certainly is a little less. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. I know a lot more, but I mean, you remember, I mean, you were my first interview. I was terrified. I was stage fright my whole life. I was terrified to do that interview. I mean, Suzanne and I were talking, going, oh my God, we're going to be interviewing with Meg. We were like under the table, almost throwing up. <laughs> and you just did something that made it easier, which made me feel more comfortable going through. But now I've been on panels and I've spoken in front of people and it's so not me. That's what's so funny because I think of myself as a introverted, ext extroverted introvert okay. because I can do one-on-one -on -one, I can talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, but when it comes to groups, I am terrified. So last February, I spoke in front of a lot more people than I have ever spoken in front of, like 100 people, wow. and I got through it, and I was so nervous. So it's just the whole journey has changed me a lot, yeah. you know, from the beginning, not knowing what I was going to do and what I was going through and how I was going to you know, process everything. And now at least I've done it before. I kind of know the ropes. We know like, okay, second book comes out and here's what you need to do. And it's still stressful. You know, any book coming out in the world to me is the most vulnerable thing. I don't care if it's a memoir. I don't care if it's fiction because everybody attaches real life to fiction anyway, unless it's like fantasy, I guess. Yeah. But so you put yourself out there no matter what, and you don't know what the reviews are going to be. I mean, I'm thrilled that so far the reviews have been coming in good, but you don't know tomorrow, you know, 10 people could say, I hate you. And the, the subject matter that I'm dealing with, you know, I don't know if there's going to be somebody out there that doesn't even read the book, but reads what the synopsis mm -hmm. is and says, oh my God, you know, they could be pro-life or whatever, and they could just go off on me. And that scares me. And it's always scared me. Not that I'm scared for my safety, but just scared that, you know, they're going to go out there and just try to destroy the book. And if they read it, I truly think that they wouldn't because it really shows emotional sides of things and how these women process things. And it's there's a Catholic woman in it. It's not about, you know, it's it's not about politics in any way, shape or form. It's just about emotions. And that's it. So back to your point about your intention and how we started at the beginning, what was your intention about putting this book out into the world? 
sharing uh, their is stories. just to have women read it and see both sides, honestly, yeah. and not even if you're totally pro-life, that's fine. Yeah. But just to understand the other side, to understand that it's an emotional issue and it's not just, OK, I'm just pro-life and this is I'm against this or I'm just pro-choice and I'm against somebody else even considering like, wait, wait a minute, maybe I I grew up, I don't want to do this, you know, yeah. just seeing both sides of the issue yeah. and seeing how each woman decides to handle the both sides of the issue. And that's the beautiful thing about your book is the humanity does come rolling out. You can see it's hard to not uh, embrace individual humanity and, and how we are vulnerable, like Stacy saying, and also yes. Liani's saying it's the second time is easier for sure. And we've literally gotten our circle of support to help yes. us get to there. Liani is so, right. <laughs> Although Liani's <laughs> killing it with her new book. Summer Rental. It's a great book. The bottom, it is absolutely a great book, Summer Rental. But the bottom line is with regard to even you, the whole energy around you has changed since the first time. You are so much more at ease in your skin and your voice. You know your voice. You you have a definite way about you that is just amazing to watch, having watched you from that then to now. And I, it's only going to get better and better and better. And you're the perfect person to be the, the author, the baby birther of this beautiful book. I, I want to go back to say, oh, hello, Denise as well. Denise is a wonderful oh, hi, Denise. book community <laughs> of Denise Burt for sure. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, one of the things about, the show and certainly the intentionality being, you know, a part of it was you've had a very interesting career and you still have a lot more years ahead of you. And we have a lot more books that are going to come from you. I know it because once you are an author, you can't stop writing. Yeah. And I am working on the third. Okay. So <laughs> you're start. working on the <laughs> Well, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't sure, but that's definitely good to know. Yeah, I, I'm a few chapters in, but you know, it'll take a while, especially with this book coming out, but yeah. So, so back to the intention, what is your intention as you, as you get this interview and all the interviews that come, what is it that, or even this, let's talk about the show. What is your intention today? Oh gosh. Okay. So my intention today, I think is to just have people understand that we're all human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we all do things, whether it's something that we're ashamed of, something that we're not. And you got to give yourself a break. You okay. have to learn that you just can make mistakes and maybe they're not mistakes. Maybe you'll go through your life and later on you'll realize, you know what, that's what I needed to do. And that wasn't a mistake, even if you think it's a mistake at the time. And so I, that's what I take, take from this today. And I'm going to make sure I re repeat this back to you. <laughs> when we Exactly. You should. And yeah. I'm only human and. <laughs> I'm going to for sure. And what number in the Magical Guide to Bliss did you pick for today's interview? I picked. What is it? Uh, you mean page number? Yes. Two forty-five. Okay. And what does it say? Do you have it? it? Says only together will we get through the storms of life. Oh my God! How perfect! <laughs> Isn't that perfect? I think it's perfect. So between remembering what's important to you. And only together do we get through the storms of life. What beautiful bookends to your story, to the beginning of your new adventure with the stories we cannot tell and just the amazing upward trajectory of your writing. Because every time you do an interview, every time you connect to someone, every book club that you engage with, everything is going to come from that, that wonderful, you know, Let's go and walk through this together for sure. So back to you. I, you know, one of my favorite things about the show is the manifesting component for sure. And I always like to grab some tools from, especially my authors. So time to manifest, Leslie, what do you think is the one thing that's moved you forward since you started this writing journey? Um, ambition and not in the ambition and like, I need to sell a million books, ambition to myself. It's a yeah. self thing where it's like, I need to be productive and it makes me feel better to be doing something productive and writing is my thing. I mean, I feel better when I'm writing, um, on days when I'm not writing cause I'm so busy doing promotion or something else, mm -hmm. 
I feel lost. I mean, I know I have a creative brain. I am not, I don't have that brain like science and math and uh, forget that. I have a very creative brain. So I need to be doing something creative. Even if it's just making graphics, that fills me. But the writing itself makes me feel better. I feel like I'm getting my, my words out in the sense of, you know, whether these characters are talking to each other and going back and forth, back and forth. It just comes out of me very fast um, when I am working on something that I know what I'm doing. And that makes me feel better. So that's why this third book, you know, I've written a bunch, you know, not a bunch of it. I've written the beginning of it. But it makes me feel better when I'm working on it. Even if I'm just editing the first chapter, the second chapter, that just feels creative for me. No, I absolutely love that. And I want to ask you, you know, as far as this whole journey, you know, from the beginning with after happily ever after to now the stories we cannot tell to the next one, whatever wonderful one is that going to be, you know, what was your favorite part so far? Of writing or of the whole journey? The whole thing, the whole, whole thing. The whole thing are the people that read the book and the book clubs, because when you go to a book club and you have all these people asking you questions like in the first one, obviously I haven't done book clubs for the second one because it's not out yet. But in the first one, people would say, well, what happened to Maggie? Can you tell me what happened to her? Like she was a real person. And I knew what happened to her. And I ended up writing an epilogue because I got asked the question so many times. So the epilogue is on the ebook, but there hasn't been another printing yet of the um, first book because I did too many printings. So it will eventually be attached to it of the paperback. But you know, that's my favorite part is when people get attached to the characters or say, oh, my God, that the father in the first book, you know, the father just he was like, I just felt so, you know, happy about their relationship between Maggie and her father. And that's the thing that just hits me the most. Amazing. Those people that are real people that are telling you this, thing, not just reviewers, it's really about the real people out there and especially strangers, because, of course, your family and friends. Are, I love the book. It was fabulous. But the strangers that say things to you is really what makes you feel so good because they have nothing to gain by telling you, you know, that they love the characters. So I want to show everybody up close and personal, the beautiful cover that we have here. And it's a true delight. This book is so good by Zibby Owens of Zibby books and Zibby everything, Zibby media. Zibby everything. That's a good way to put it. Zibby everything. Zibby everything. Um, it's a beautiful cover. How did you come up with this cover? I knew that I didn't want anything obviously cutesy, you know, pregnancy in a cutesy way. And so the man that did the cover, he sent me a whole bunch of images and I didn't feel like the image was right, but I loved the idea that they were, the image was back to back. He did that with the image. He made them back to back. So we talked a lot about it and we both looked for other images and I actually found the woman um, and I said, can you put them back to back? change the dress color so they're not in the same dress and change the hair color because they have two different color hair in the book. So we can see them connected, but they're pregnant, but you can't really tell what they're feeling because they're looking down. And I just love the feeling of that. It's beautiful. It really, and then the blue background just brings it all together. Was there some kind of symbolism? I asked because your beautiful cover with after happily ever after, I just love your cover. And it's like, it engages the eye. And I know that even when we were at the LA book festival, you know, people would come up to you because of that gorgeous cover. And I think the same thing is going to happen here. It's going to be the questions around, you know, the intrigue. So is there something? I'm going to give a shout out to Suzanne because Suzanne said, make the cover blue. It's like somewhere like the, your other book. So they kind of go together, even if the themes are different and all mm-hmm. that. And so Suzanne was super helpful with all of that. She was great. <laughs> and and she's also saying she had, you know, the reading, uh, hearing from your readers is life changing. You know, it just touches you and it makes it feel like there's so much purpose in what you're writing. I, like I said, I know people are going to see this and they're going to want to grab onto it. So kudos to Suzanne. She's saying, yeah. love you woman. <laughs> Well, you know, I love inspiration once again, and I always want my authors to give their final, the Leslie inspiration so that we can take something with us today on this. Remember what is important to you day. I just think, remember the people in your life, Mm -hmm. remember who they are to you and how they affect you and be around people who are 
positive and happy for you. Um, don't be around people that are either jealous or negative or bringing you down in any way because mm -hmm. it's really important to have people that love you or people that want the best for you in your life. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm of the age where now I, you know, sort of got rid of those friends that were more negative or bringing me down. And I just wanted to have love around me and just have people around me that were positive, like you, Suzanne, and all the rest of the people on here. And so that to me is like the most important thing. Yes, throwing up, preach, preach on that one for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, preach. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, we, we, this is this is this once around is is too short to be. Yes taken too seriously and being surrounded by people who aren't generous. And yeah, I we need support, especially authors. We all yeah. need support because we're very vulnerable, sticking our hearts out there. And if you don't have support, it's not going to be very good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, at the outset, you know, when the lows are low, you have the people who can bring you up. And when the highs are high, it's people celebrating alongside of you. So exactly. you got those kind of people in your corner and then you've yeah. already won. <laughs> you've already won whatever life lottery there can be yeah. for sure. And you are one to me. So I have you in my corner. So. I'm so grateful. I, I should have brought my cup too, but at this point, I want to I want to give a shout out also to your son who put together the gift for your cover. It's quite beautiful, and just because we want to make sure that we don't miss a thing from you, where can people see that gift or that information that comes out with your upcoming events that I'll speak to you right now with regard to that? Where can we have everyone go to find you, Leslie? So um, I have a website, which is lesliearasmussen.com. I am on IG at Leslie R. Author. I'm on Twitter at Leslie R. Author. I'm on Facebook at Leslie A. Rasmussen Author. Okay, you got to make you spell out the Rasmussen because I know okay. people can see it up here. Rasmussen. But it's, it's Leslie is L-E-S-L-I-E. Start all over again. Start all over. R-A-S-M-U-S-S-E-N. So that's Leslie A. Rasmussen, L-E-S-L-I-E-A-R-A-S-M-U-S-S-E-N.com. Exactly. That is your webpage. And also that is also on your Facebook or no, that's that's your Facebook as well, right? Well, my Facebook is, yeah, my Facebook is Leslie A. Rasmussen author. Okay. Very good. Very good. So everybody go there. She does have the GIF up there as well. So you can see what wonderful thing her. Yes, her my GIF is up there. My son Jake did it. So it's an animation of the women putting their heads up and down as their arms go up and down their bellies. It's amazing what technology can yeah, do. He's so good at this. He's very talented. <laughs> so everybody, her book, The Stories We Cannot Tell, is available um, pre-ordering for pre-order now, where can they find your wonderful books? First of all, or book this one specifically, it, um, all my books and this one's also, um, they're available everywhere. They're available Barnes and Noble, um, your local bookstore. Once it comes out, you can order it. Um, it hopefully will be in some libraries. I, if you request it, it'll be in more libraries. It'll be on Amazon, you know, everywhere books are sold bookshop.org, all of them. Yes. And that's really important. So if you actually ask your library to carry the book, they will carry the book, but yes. people have to actually ask for it. So right. do that. Go to the American Law, uh, Library Association, find your favorite library and make a request to have the stories we cannot tell after happily ever after in there as well, just so that we can get more of these wonderful books out into the world and for people who can read them, who may not have the means to buy them. So Get it. So everybody get it. We have launch information coming up since her pub date is in fact, July 11th. So mm -hmm. keep your eyes open for some fun stuff that are going to happen around that date, July 16th. She has her launch at Barnes and Nobles in the Grove and it is in West Hollywood. It's going to be at 2 PM Pacific time. Leslie is going to be there. And I believe um, who is the co who's going to be doing the presentation with you? A friend of mine who's an actress named Marin Dungy. Um, she was on King and Queens and she's done a million things and alias. She is going to be interviewing me. So she's going to be interviewing you, but I can tell you this, you are going to thank me when you meet Leslie, because she is absolutely a breath of fresh air, 
absolutely someone that you want to meet and the conversation will only begin. So I absolutely encourage all of you to go to her launch on July 16th. Get it. Standing room only. I know it's going to be for you. We also have on August 8th at Zibby Bookstore. In, and I believe that Santa is Monica. it's I'm in sorry. Santa Monica. Santa Monica at 6 p.m. Pacific time. We have Leslie and um, Julie Chan will be interviewing. Julie Chan's going to be interviewing me there. So that will be amazing as well. And then if you all are in the northern part of California on the September 9th at Walnut Creek. Right. Walnut Creek, Barnes and Noble at two o'clock. I will be there signing books and I'm not really speaking so much, but I'll be signing books there okay, too. Awesome. speaking a little bit just at the beginning. And if you've already read the book, you can ask her all about what was she thinking? How is it like, and I know that if you follow her on her web page or even on her Facebook page, you'll get all the information as to upcoming interviews um that will be probably incredible and you know that's going to happen sooner than later um and i know that leslie like i said is going to be available for book clubs on both books yes. certainly um the stories we cannot tell but it's interesting because both ways of looking at the lives of women are very um, eye-opening as well as conversation building. So I definitely would encourage all of you to do the same. Final word goes to my wonderful fab sister, Leslie, before we wrap up today. So take it um, away. I just want to say thank you so much for having me. And thank you for always being my first. <laughs> You always are, which is wonderful. And it makes me so happy. And thank you, everybody who joined us. I really appreciate all your support. And uh, it's just, it makes me very grateful. Thank you. Yes. And, you know, we can go through any storm together. And I love that, you know, and, and, and certainly the more women that come to the table starting conversations, you know, following your lead, Leslie, the better we all are off in the world. So for sure, go out there and get the stories we cannot tell. It's available for pre-order today. Um, also, I will be posting this again on her launch day and we'll be celebrating her again and wishing her all wonderful, wonderful, positive vibes because we know this book is going to be an award-winning as well as bestseller, as well as all the wonderful stuff. Leslie, I can't wait to hear about your next book. Hopefully I'll be your first interview on that one. You too. will be. You will definitely <laughs> be my first whenever I get that done. <laughs> I will line myself up and I will remind you of everything that you've shared today because it's always been uh high highlight of my life oh, to have always a highlight of mine thank you you are wonderful and i want to remember or remind everybody to not forget what's important to you for sure and also i do want to remind you all to get empowered by your purpose if your purpose is to write then write if your purpose is to inspire through other modalities then do that because we're all here for a limited time it's better that we do what we came to do at the outset so be those deliberate creators in the world and go out there and dream big, get inspired and get ready to manifest your dreams. Wishing you all bliss. Thank you so much, Leslie. You are amazing. Yeah, and I adore you. You are too. All Thanks. right. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Hi, it's Meg. Thank you for listening to this episode of Manifesting with Meg. If you loved this conversation, be sure to subscribe and share the extraordinary and get your copy of The Magical Guide to Bliss today. See you soon.